Hello, you're listening to a podcast from Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. Radio Maria is a 24-7 Catholic radio station broadcasting online via our app, Radio Maria Play, and on DAB in an increasing number of areas. You can follow us on social media. And if you enjoy this program, please do click like and subscribe to us on your podcast provider. Radio Maria relies entirely upon listener donations. We have no other sources of funding, so please do consider supporting us with a monthly or one-off donation so that we can continue to keep providing great programming free at the point of access. To donate or find out more, visit us at radiomariaengland.uk. This is Radio Maria, and for Mornings with Radio Maria today, I have got a special guest with us. We had Miss Pauline Allen speaking about the Shrine of Our Lady of Doncaster a while ago, maybe a year, maybe a year and a half ago. But Pauline is here to share with us a bit more about our sh- the Shrine and some updates as well. Uh, Pauline Allen is a guardian of the Shrine of Our Lady of Doncaster and we bring her here today for you. Hello, hello, Pauline. Hello, Helena. Very pleased to be here again. Yay! Pauline, where are you joining us from today? Where are you at? Well, it should be Doncaster. That's where I live and where the shrine is. But I am actually uh, visiting my boss, who's Father Peter Walters, and runs the charity Let the Children Live. And I've been here for the trustee meeting that we had yesterday. Because I am the administrator for that charity. So I'm actually down in Chipping Norton Chipping at the moment. Chipping Norton. I love how we're able to bring people from around the country in and to speak on the radio. So hello to all listeners from Chipping Norton. <laughs> Be careful. <laughs> Pauline's in your area. Watch out. <laughs> so Pauline, let's start first with a bit of the history of Our Lady of Doncaster. Uh, how did, right. what, is, what is it? Go for it. Well, in the Middle Ages, um, in the 14th century, uh, a, convent, a Carmelite convent was founded in Doncaster. It was right in the centre, and it was known as the Convent of St. Mary of Mount Carmel. In that convent... Um, sometime after its foundation in, I think it was 1381, uh, a shrine developed to Our Lady of Doncaster and it became the most famous Marian shrine in Yorkshire and the fifth most famous in the whole land. And it was visited by all manner of people, many royal people as well. Even Henry VIII had a candle burning there before he destroyed it. Um, Because at the Reformation, it was destroyed. And the image of Our Lady of Doncaster was taken, it's believed, to London and there burned with other statues of Our Lady. The prior of the Carmelite Priory, who refused to relinquish the Priory, was arrested and taken to the Tower of London. He was called Dr. Lawrence Cook, and he was sentenced to death and hung, drawn, and quartered. 
Now, two months after his death, he was pardoned. However, came a little late to stop the hanging and drawing and quartering. But whilst he was in the Tower of London, he did scratch his name on the wall in the stone. And the, um, the authorities at the Tower of London made a cast for us. So we have got this stone cast with his name, Dr. Cook. And that is in the shrine um, on display. His actual, you know, it's a cast of his actual signature on the wall of the Tower of London. So, hmm. That's, that's um, a really lovely addition to a shrine. It, in, in, so in current day, it, where can you spot it? Is it in the entranceway? Is it? Well, it, it, the original shrine was in the town centre, which is now built up. And in fact, it's very, very close to the mansion house. But we are St. Peter in Chains, Catholic Church, um, just on the edge of the town centre. And in 2004, our priest at the time, Father Gus O'Reilly, decided that we were going to recreate the Shrine of Our Lady of Doncaster. We had a statue that was commissioned when Catholicism was restored in the town and the first Catholic church was built again in the 1800s, but it had never been developed as a devotion or as a shrine. So we engaged um, Rod Flint, a, a sign writer, designer, artist, to design us a new shrine. And what well, he did, um, all the money for it was raised by donations from the congregation and it, it, took, it took several years for the work to be done but eventually it was it, it was finished and this was in and is in the church of saint peter in chains in checker road doncaster oh wonderful 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 um, i'm going to ask uh it, so, listeners, oh my goodness, St. Peter's in Chains in Duncaster. If you are listening, I hope your ears are perking up thinking, I've never been to Duncaster. I'm going to go now to Duncaster to check this out. Uh, Pauline, can I ask, uh, while, while I'm just going to do a brief little in, interlude, could you turn off the camera to your... I'm trying to make sure that the audio is, is going well. We're getting a bit of uh, a disturbance in it. And then I'm hoping, I'm hoping that will work for it us. It will work. Okay. Oh, no, it didn't. It didn't, didn't. All right. So I'm going to... Listeners, I'm going to have a little break. We're going to have a little hymn for Mary. But do stay tuned. So what we know is... In the 1800s, another statue for Mary was commissioned and created, and so the shrine was well on its way. So what happens next? Well, you're going to have to hold on and listen in after our lovely hymn. We're going to go with Mary Immaculate, Star of the Morning.
This is Mornings with Radio Maria and we today have Pauline Allen, one of the guardians of the Shrine of Our Lady of Doncaster. She's given us a bit of a history of this shrine, which is in St. Peter's in Chains in Doncaster. It was originally part of a Carmelite convent, visited by everyone, including King Henry VIII. Well, until he burned it all down, taking our dear lady's statue to London and burning that as well. But all good news coming ahead in the 1800s, it was commissioned and an artist was brought in to make a new statue and to help build up the shrine again. Pauline, tell us what can we, if we're to visit Duncaster, and Ladies and gentlemen, you should. What can we expect to see at this shrine of Our Lady of Duncaster? Well, you, excuse me, <clears throat> you'll see a beautiful stained glass window which surrounds the central shrine part, which contains the actual statue of Our Lady of Doncaster, which was commissioned in the late 1800s. And on the oil on the altar beneath the statue is the prayer to Our Lady of Doncaster, which was written by Cardinal Heenan when he was the Bishop of Leeds. And the stained glass window is a, a burst of beautiful light with its colored glass all around it. And although it's not a, a, a sort of defined picture, it, within that glass is the story of the shrine from its inception to its destruction. Now you have to have that interpreted for you by somebody who knows what is what. But once you know what you're looking at, it's very clever, very beautiful. And it's based on the light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it. And that was the inspiration of the designer when he was initially thinking about how to design the shrine and this beautiful stained glass window. So the theme is that the darkness at the Reformation destroyed Our Lady's shrine, but it didn't overcome it, and here it has risen from the ashes. It's really beautiful. There is so many colours, and it does, it is the, it's like, it's almost as if the sun is bursting through the back wall mm. and embracing our, our lovely mother. Uh, oh, it's really lovely. And then oh, for anybody that's interested in photography, my goodness, the the amazing play of light yeah. that comes through those colorful stains yeah. and then shines on the altar and on the floor. I just feel like I'd want to push my son in there so I can get the, some of the color, some of those yellows and, and blues mm. on his face. <laughs> and of course, the, you get different colors at different times of the day. Oh. Mm. As, as the sun moves round, it's shining through different colors of the glass. Um, some are absolutely beautiful, some of the shades, so the pinks and the reds. And, mm. All right. So, it was commissioned and it was fundraised for and built up. And it's had a couple of different uh, places, not places, but different iterations. Uh, bef- earlier on, it didn't have all the different stained glass. It was just plain glass. That's right. The, 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 the first Catholic church, which was built in the 18th century, was um, 
replaced by the modern church which the shrine is built in. <clears throat> Originally it was just built as a lady chapel with the statue of Our Lady of Doncaster in there. Uh, and that's when it was just very simple with some pretty, some picture type stained glass, um, but, but nothing special. Then it was like that until 2004 when work began on the redesigning and the, the turning of it into the Shrine of Our Lady of Doncaster. There was no chance of doing that on the original site because that is now in the town centre and built upon. But this church is just on the edge of the town centre and therefore, you know, very, very close to the, it's within easy walking distance of the original shrine. Mm. Can we talk about, uh, can you share a bit about the statue of <clears throat> Mary that is there? Is is it based off of the original that was melted down? No, it, it's not. It, it, it was, it's apparently French. Um, but the only, the, the only clue we've got about the original statue, which it is said was burned, although there are some, some sort of stories that it was smuggled out of the country to Italy and is still in existence. But how much credence to give to that story? Yeah. But, I love, oh, Pauline, I love that because Our Lady of Grace Ipswich has that same story that yeah, she was. Yeah, well, there you are. She was smuggled. Was it Italy as well? And, yeah, um, I think, yeah. Yeah, and she's on the show. In yeah. my, listen, in, in a perfect world, there's all of these English ladies scattered around yeah. Europe yeah. saved from King Henry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, but sorry. The only other, the only other um, clue we've got is a quarter of a pilgrim badge, which is in Kingsland Museum. And that quarter is it's in, shows, shown in the book. And Rod has designed a full badge, how he believes it would have looked going on what he knows of medieval pilgrim badges. And this quarter of Our Lady of Doncaster does actually say Doncaster on it. So that's how we know. It was the pilgrim badge from the Doncaster Shrine. Mm. I love it. I love it. All right. You've brought about a very important topic. Badges. Wait a second here. Are there badges for the shrines? Can I get a badge now if I the, visit? You can because we've created um, our, our, a new one, a very, very attractive one. Yeah. With, with the, we've got... M.D., the two letters are intertwined to make Mary of Doncaster. And that's on the badge in the centre. It's a round one, um, very attractive. But in the medieval days, it was, I mean, there were so many shrines of Our Lady, as well as other saints. But it was very common to have a pilgrim badge. And people often wore them in their hat, apparently. Um, Many of them have been found in the, the muddy areas around Kings Lynn and in the estuary where people perhaps lost them in, in the water, in the sea, as they were coming on pilgrimage, getting off the boat or something. And they remained in the mud and quite a, quite a lot have been found around there. That's where this quarter of a badge was found. 
we we did a lot of research to see if there were any more clues to what the original statue was like but this is the only thing we found we know our lady was seated with the child jesus on her knee and we know it's doncaster because the name is along the bottom because it's the bottom right hand corner that we've got and now we yeah we've got clues there it's like detective work i love it And now the Our Lady is standing. It's as if she's like, oh, I sat before, but now I'm going yeah, to that stand. Yeah, that one is standing. And she is holding Jesus and he's got a little lovely orb or the world in his hand. Mary's got a, it looks like a stick to me. Do you know what that is, Pauline? The, sorry, the... Mary's got in her hands like a stick kind of thing or a rod or... I think it's a scepter meant to be a scepter. I think it's meant to be a scepter. And on on the top of the orb, you can see a cross. Now, that wasn't there originally, but when when the shrine was created, Father Goss, the parish priest at the time, he, he used, I think it was his mother's and I think his grandmother's wedding rings, and they were melted down and made into the cross, and it was fixed to the oar. I so know that. Oh. Th- there's something personal of his there. And then Jesus, he's got his like head kind of propped up on her, on Mary's yes. cheek, and she's got a lovely crown. It's an, it's a sturdy crown. It's not too delicate. It's like it I is. Am. She looks quite sturdy as well. She doesn't does. She, she looks just strong. Yes, strong. Mm. And she's got like she's cupping him, and oh, it's it. She it's almost as if. Um, so a lot of our St. Joseph statues that we see, you have St. Joseph with the lilies and then he's got just one hand. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like a strong St. Joseph. And yes. so Doncaster has her, has a strong Mary. Holding. Yes. I love it. I love it. Yes. And it's very tender the way that she's she's looking at you and she's also, and Jesus is kind of looking at her, kind of maybe yes. looking at you. And it's really lovely. And then the light, the light, Pauline. It's lovely. Yeah, yeah, it's very pretty. It is very pretty. Now, Pauline, I will be coming. Not, I don't know, maybe this summer, I don't know. But are there pilgrimages still to Our Lady of Doncaster? (laughs) Until the pandemic, it was growing. They were growing. And we had some books for 2020. But, of course, that all went by the board. It had to be... It, it had they had to be cancelled and they've never picked up since but we're hoping that with this guidebook that we've produced on which we're marketing as far and wide as we can people will be reminded and their interest will be will pick up and they will book to come on pilgrimage again and if they let us know beforehand then we can arrange a, a simple pilgrimage program for them and somebody will meet them and tell them the story and help them through their pilgrimage. We can provide cups of tea and coffee so that if they want to bring sandwiches or snacks, they can have those in our hall. So we, we can put together, if we're given warning, um, a little pilgrimage program for them. I love that. Are there toilets? That's always a good question. There are toilets <laughs> available. Yes, ladies and gents. Excellent. Yes. And then if some of us don't prepare as well and haven't made our sandwiches, are there an, is there a nice sandwich place nearby, cafe, pub? Actually, there is. Across the road, almost opposite the church, there is um, 
a, a nice little a nice little cafe, but unfortunately she closes between one and half past. So that would, I mean, if people would have to be there before that time and go and buy things if um, if they wanted them. It's a nice little place, but she has a morning and lunchtime trade, and then she closes unfortunately. There you go. There you go. All right. Um, is there any events coming up for Our Lady of Duncaster? Does she have a, a, a day to celebrate? Yeah, we've just celebrated oh, it. Oh, oh, there we go. <laughs> it was June the 4th. Oh. But that was a Sunday, so we celebrated on June the 3rd. What did we you guys had, do? Um, what did you do? Well, we had, a, we had a, a, a mass in which the Bishop of Hallam came to celebrate the mass. And we had a, a big group of... Uh, altar servers and the church the church was pretty full because there were some first communions of children on that day as well which was very nice oh mary love and that. then afterwards we had the rosary said at the shrine which we do now every saturday after the lunchtime mass um after the rosary everyone went in the hall the hall was packed and with a little group of helpers, um, I organised some cake and tea and coffee. Uh, oh, and we just, there were far more people than we expected turned up. So even though we catered for over 100, uh, we only just managed to feed everybody. But, you know, by the time it, it was over, everybody had had a really good day and we celebrated our ladies feast day really well and we had sold about 80 copies of this guide and lots of the badgers oh, I and love that's that. carried on because two of the two of the ladies from st peter's who are really interested now um have taken over the the selling of guidebooks and badgers every sunday uh, and they they set up a little table in between the the doors into the church, um, well the doors into the porch and the doors into the church. So they're sort of blocking people's way as they come in. People can't get into the church without passing their little stall with guidebooks and badges on, and they're saying, "Have you got your guidebook?" And though they're they're five pounds each. We have now, in Books and Badges, in a couple of weeks, sold £450 worth. So we're very, very pleased because it's so important that the people who are coming to the church know what it's all about. And we're getting a lot of new people Aww. who were not here when the shrine was recreated. So it's important they've got a, a book which tells them not just about the present shrine, but about the history, going back to the 1300s, and all about the original shrine and its destruction and recreation. I love it. I love it. If you are near Cambridge, we have our very own copy of the Shrine of Our Lady of Duncaster, so you can see it and hopefully be inspired to take the trip to Duncaster to see and to appreciate the lovely recreation of the shrine Pauline I've got one more question you're a guardian and that is such a lovely title 
what drew you to becoming a guardian? What, why are you connected to Our well, Lady? I, I was originally an Anglican, but I was an Anglo-Catholic. And so I learned about the shrine of Our Lady of Doncaster then. And it fascinated me. When I moved over to become a Roman Catholic, of course, I started going to the very church where the, the statue commissioned in the 1800s was and the prayer to Our Lady of Doncaster. So my interest grew and I went on pilgrimages to Walsingham and so there it, did, it, it deepened my interest in Shrines of Our Lady. And when um, the parish priest at the time asked for guardians to um, help with a project to recreate the shrine in St. Peter's, I thought, yes, this is it. And from that moment, it grabbed me. And it was so, it's so interesting because after the shrine, we created Our Lady's Garden, which adjoins it. Um, and in that garden, we have Stations of the Cross, and on top of the Stations of the Cross are stones from fifth, well, 14 of the ancient abbeys dedicated to Our Lady and destroyed at the Reformation. And we went round all the ancient abbeys to be presented with these stones. And we ended up going to Rome for the 15th one for a, 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 a Station of the Resurrection. And we went to Santa Croce and we were given a piece of white stone from the altar steps of the chapel of St. Helena, the mother of Constantine in Santa Croce. And that is in our garden at the 15th station. And it is just, it, it was so interesting and so much fun, actually. It sounds being so involved much fun. In it all. Yeah. So, but now my... Part, well, I see my job as being to promote the shrine and make sure that there are enough people really committed to it to carry on and make sure that the shrine is never destroyed again, never lost again. So I've got to pass that on before I fall off the twig and can't do any more on this earth. Oh, you're doing a wonderful job, Pauline. And what? Ah, I, I'm, I kind of want to. I'm, I think I'm thinking, could I do something similar for our? Oh, we don't have a shrine um, at my parish at Saint Lawrence, but I'm like, oh, we could, we could do so. Oh, just being a part yeah. of that group, having that yeah. teamwork, and it, it, having that goal. I love it. And, and the, the link with history, yeah. thinking about, I, I think and we, we now all think about those pilgrims who saw the shrine destroyed, those Carmelites who were turned out, hung, drawn and quartered, who saw everything they loved and worked for destroyed. If they, you know, they, at that time, did they ever think somebody will come in the future and restore this? I don't know whether they ever thought that or not, but to, to have been involved in doing that, which links us so closely with the medieval days and, and, and its destruction, it's wonderful. It's such a privilege to be involved in, in, the, in the whole thing, the whole process, and it links us with, with the past and all the pilgrims 
went, you know, went to Doncaster, came to Doncaster on pilgrimage. It's... And all the heartbreak there was then, we hope we've done something to put right. The light shines in the darkness again. Amen. Amen. Well, and I, I, I've actually got, if anybody is interested in coming on pilgrimage, Helena, or buying um, one of these guidebooks to find out the history, I have got a set up a special email address where they can get to me. Well, you must share that with us, Pauline. What email? Ad- oh, wait, listeners, right. get your pen well, and paper. Get your pen and paper. All right, we're ready, Pauline. Go for it. it it's all, all lowercase is fine. O-L Doncaster. In other words, Our Lady of Doncaster. O-L Doncaster at hotmail.com. Excellent. I'm going to create a blog post uh, and include this podcast and I'll include that email address as well. So if you are like, oh, I didn't write it down, just go to our website and we you can find all the podcast as well as the email address to request your own copy and also to start planning your pilgrimage up to Doncaster. Pauline, could I ask yeah. you to end our program with a prayer? I can. Can I just very quickly say that the present parish priest, Father Darren Reed, um, also would be very happy if anybody writes to the church, if they want to write to St. Peter in Chains, which Doncaster, and that's DN12AA. I got it. I got it. We've got it. We've got it. And Father Darren will be pleased because he's now um, now the, in charge of the church. He's our parish priest and um, enjoying enjoying the shrine. Oh, we will keep Father Darren, pa- you, Pauline, and all the guardians in our prayer and all the pilgrims in our prayers. Yes. Thank you. A prayer to Our Lady of Doncaster. O Lord Jesus Christ, who from the cross bequeathed to us Mary, thy mother, to be our mother also, grant us the grace to be worthy to be called your children. May Mary be queen and mother of every home. Our town in ancient days was renowned for devotion to Our Lady of Doncaster. Today, once more, We crave the comfort of her motherly protection. Bless all who invoke her sweet name, and may Mary lead us to thee, who are the way, the truth, and the life, who lives and reigns with God the Father in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. This was a Radio Maria podcast. If you enjoyed it, do please click like and subscribe on your podcast provider or leave us a review. Every bit of feedback helps increase our visibility and allows us to reach more people with the message of Christ's saving truth. And if you don't already, you can listen to Radio Maria live either online or on DAB in selected regions of the UK. 
We'd love for you to call in live and be part of the conversation. See our website, radiomariaengland.uk, for more details and a full schedule of programmes. And do please consider making a donation so that we can keep making more programmes like this. We are completely dependent upon the generosity of our listeners.